Blog Talk Radio. Yo! There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man is on time. Which direction we are going? In that rectangle Camino, it would have been DWI. A tipping point. finally going to get the job done and take that PWA Heritage title, or is he going to come up short again? And come on, the second Sal. Half, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And the second half, we've got Todd Sexton talking uh, about a number of things, but at the top of the list has to be war games on Thanksgiving night in Monroe for Southern Fried Championship Wrestling. And, you know, we 
with uh, the, the the gobble gobble stuff just two days away, we're going to you know touch on a number of uh, little Thanksgiving nostalgia here over the course of the hour. I'm I'm hoping so, but I know uh, Stephen, we didn't get to this yeah. last week, and you wanted to give uh, talk a little bit about your reaction to the Ric Flair uh, documentary. Could we start there? Yeah, sure. I you know the Ric Flair documentary. First of all, it was great. Um, I I don't. I can't imagine anyone would really be disappointed. 30 for 30 is this documentary series that ESPN does, and it's always impeccably done. And the Ric Flair documentary was no exception. I mean, 30 for 30 will make me be interested in things I would never care about. Soccer, for example, or, you know, just any of the topics that they've covered. I've watched them all and I love them. The one thing I worry about with the Ric Flair documentary and why I said, this would have been three months earlier is I think in light of all the sexual harassment stuff going on, Hollywood politics, everybody, um, you know, there were parts of the Ric Flair documentary that I found. Um, I mean, when they're doing an out of court settlement with the flight attendants um, that he flashed and did various things to, but in the documentary, they have a little cartoon of him flashing them and then with a kind of like sly smile on their face. I remember seeing that and going, that's a problem. Because this was apparently the third cut of the documentary, that they weren't sure how they wanted to go stylistically with it. And what they went for was sort of making light of certain things because they knew there was a lot of heavy stuff in it as well as far as Flair's family and Reed and, and that kind of thing. And uh, so, you know, how long before wrestling gets caught up in a bigger way with all the sexual harassment stuff, certainly they're bringing up stuff that happened, you know, years ago, decades ago, and wrestling has had no shortage of share of sexual scandals, whether it's the WWF in general um, Ric Flair in particular, uh, Vince McMahon. So I'm wondering, I, I mean, you know, wrestling has survived by basically being almost beneath notice. And I'm wondering if they're going to be able to dodge this bullet as well, or if some egg is going to get on the face of the WWE in particular, as far as all the sexual harassment stuff that's gone on. Yeah, I mean, I shudder to think how much stuff there is if anybody started digging around. I mean, it's be unending, I'm sure, in a lot of ways. What did uh, another thing about the uh, documentary, though, you know, I've heard some say that they, you know, glamorize the level of uh, alcohol abuse in, 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 you know, uh, did did you, did you, I didn't particularly see it that way. Did you, did you see any of that? I'm going to state an opinion that is going to run counter to almost everybody. What else is new? Ric yeah. Flair is the last, and he represents an era. He lived a life that 99% of people will never even begin to understand. On one hand, you can look at his financial excesses, his lack of attention to his family, and the obvious like alcoholism, and lament it and feel pity for him. I don't think... Honestly, this sounds so crazy because I think if it's a normal person, all those things are definitely true. But he's Ric Flair. He lived the gimmick and he lived bigger than life. And 
honestly, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, do we do we feel bad for old rock acts because of the damage that they did to themselves? I guess in a way you do, but I, I don't know. I, I, I imagine Keith Richards is pretty happy. I imagine that, you know, <laughs> like, it's one of those things where, yeah, it was excess. Yeah, it was crazy, but... Could it have been any other way? And wasn't that the era? Wasn't it? Didn't Ric Flair learn that from Ray Stevens and Harley Race, like drinking while they're driving 80 miles per hour down a snowy hill? Like that was the era. And that's not to excuse it or to glamorize it, but it happened. And frankly, if you if you got any of those guys at the time. Um, they were having the time of their lives, and that's what you did to party it up. Did the Rat Pack drink any less than Ric Flair? I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I, I thought the, the the documentary, you know, was pretty clear about the the um, very clear about the price that he paid. Yeah. For that, and, I mean, and he, he almost he died before that documentary happened. You know, before yeah. he got to see that yeah. documentary, and. This is, uh, uh, again, this is going to be an opinion that runs contrary for most people. If Ric Flair has di- had died, guess what? I I don't know. I mean, he lived that life. He he lived it hard. I can't believe he's still alive, frankly. I mean, it's like Jake Roberts. Like, how come these fucking guys won't die? And I think it's because they still have a reason to live. That's the only thing that can explain it. Um, because my God, God knows that they've probably done enough to kill like three other people. But again, I think that there's just some guys who are cut out mentally and physically to do that to themselves and sort of like, you know, basically have it in fifth gear and have the gas pedal down all the time. And Ric Flair is one of those guys. And it's why he's so amazing. I, Watching that documentary, this is like the final takeaway that I got is, you know, there was always the eternal Flair versus Hogan debate, right? Like after Max lived on Flair versus Hogan. And I think what it comes down to for me is this. Ric Flair is professional wrestling, but never won bigger than professional wrestling. He always just essentially wanted to be one of the boys. He's just sort of the epitome of the boys. Whereas Hogan... (laughs) always thought of himself as bigger than wrestling stated it on many occasions and it's why rick flair will always be the man it's why rick flair will always be beloved even if hogan's got more money in the bank at the end of the day well and that hogan was my does deserve an academy hogan does deserve an academy award for his performance in the documentary i mean <laughs> that was amazing. oh yeah talk about that please <laughs> Gosh, how true of a thing well, is that? Well, I mean, just to be yeah. Mr. Humble, I mean, to, you know, I wasn't half as good as he was, and he was really the guy, and just, it was just, it was just amazing to me the way he pulled that off, you know, just a chameleon if there, if there ever was one. The only other thing that I, I, I want to say about, about this is that back in that, in that, in their heyday, when they'd come on TBS, they'd always talk yeah. about the Four Horsemen I'm speaking of here. That they'd be after the uh, Omni shows, they'd be at the the bar at the hotel, at the yeah. airport hotel. We're and I thought, the Marriott, blah blah blah, right? And that yeah, was right. And I thought, man, we, we. So my wife and I, we we you know we sat ringside at all those shows. We said, and I thought, man, <laughs> is this just TV bullshit? So one night we went down there to the bar <laughs> uh-huh. at the airport, 
And I'll be damned. It was just like it was just like they walked off the TV set, and there was Flair and Arn and Tully at the bar, living the high life, just, just like, holding court, just right? Like they walked <laughs> off the TV show. <laughs> oh my God, that's the greatest! I've never heard it a first-person account of "Oh my God, we saw them at the bar, and there they were." Yeah, I mean, it was, that is it was amazing. It was exactly what you'd think it would be. There they were. <laughs> Just laughing so, and joking anyway. and wrestling, wrestlers kind of yeah. flirting around and girls kind of hanging around. and oh, Right. There, there were other wrestlers in the room, but they were the ones holding court. And they, you know, they, you know, it was their deal. It was, it was, it was funny. It was funny to see. Um, that pleases so, me uh, so much. What else we got so, going uh, on here? Well, let's see. Um, um, you're obviously going to go to the Thanksgiving show with uh, Southern Fried and seeing the war games and, and you got to be happy about a Thanksgiving tradition of a wrestling card returning, yes? Well, yeah. I mean, of <laughs> course, Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving wrestling holds great memories for me. Um, you know, starting back in the, uh, what, 78, 79, when then on that mm-hmm. Thanksgiving was the tag team tournament at the Omni. And oh, then, boy. of course, that morphed in after – the mid eighties or the early eighties, then it became Starcade. Um, once um, Crockett came in, that became okay. Starcade. And the famous, the the one I remember the most was the the Starcade eighty five with uh, Tully and uh, Magnum in the uh, I Quit match. That was oh uh, boy, incredible. Man. And you know th- that eighty five one, they did it. They split it between Greensboro and Atlanta, so we didn't get to see it live. That was on a big screen in the Omni from Greensboro, and they alternated back and forth between Greensboro and Atlanta, so you only actually saw half the matches live. And, and then half would be like closed circuit. Wow. Half would be closed oh, circuit. Wow. Half would be closed circuit uh-huh. from Greensboro. Despite that, it was still one of the most memorable cards I've ever been to, even though half of it was almost on a damn screen. Um, and they did. If they didn't sell the Omni out, it was real close. I think it was a sellout. But if if it wasn't, like I say, it was real close. So yeah, that's that's the one probably I remember the uh, most. Um, but the and other then, thing about, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, and you know, Larry's sharing this great Thanksgiving memory, and we're also going to ask Sal and uh, Todd to share their Thanksgiving wrestling memories as well. I think oh, a lot yeah. of great things Larry oh, yeah. came up with for tonight. But what were you saying? Just a little bit more about the thing, my own Thanksgiving memory was um, the the old Atlanta tradition was you'd have the Christmas tree lighting on on Thanksgiving night at Rich's downtown. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they put it up on what's was called the Crystal Bridge, which was which was be, between the two Rich's buildings on Forsyth Street, and you could see it from all over town. And so when you walk in the Omni, you'd look over, and there would be the Christmas tree lit up on the top of the Riches building. So, you know, just one of those old wow. Atlanta things that I really like. That's, of course, then they move, you know, it's, once they moved it off of there, they put it down at Underground, which was completely lame. Then even more lame putting it at Lennox and not even on Thanksgiving night. But that's just me, you know. Wow. So, um, hey, we got a guest. Yes, sir. And, Larry, uh, I hate to do this to you, but uh, – Extreme Championship Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let me sure I get the right one here. Yes, I think we got the right guy here. He's a uh, former 
PWA Cruiserweight Champion, a title which no longer exists. The only two-time Rookie of the Year in wrestling history. And a former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, which nobody seemed to remember when he came back to Ring of Honor. But setting all that aside, we're thrilled to have Sal Renaro as our guest on The Tipping Point. Welcome. Guys, I'd I'd like to humbly accept the... uh the most entertaining man, the most entertaining male wrestler in Georgia for the third year in a row. Oh, wait, that's not this one. That's, that's a month from now. That's, yeah, you got to wait. Got to wait for that. Yeah, okay, okay, that's a month from now. Sorry, I got really excited. That's okay. Uh, um, I, I don't know if you caught that, that Steve had to bow out right as you were coming on the air. Just a coincidence, but he has some sort of a work <laughs> issue going, going on. So he... So he's he's gone. Hopefully he he. Oh, sorry about that, Steve. I'm not trying to kill the territory. I was excited. I'm here to talk about Thanksgiving. Pro wrestling doesn't get much better than that. Food and fighting. What? There's nothing better. Yeah. So we, you know, I was given a little bit of my uh, memories of Thanksgiving wrestling. What 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 does it bring up to you? What does it conjure up for you, Thanksgiving wrestling? Uh, well, you know, gr- growing up in California, uh, it was a WWF territory. That's just it, that was the market that I was in. Uh, I was only really aware of NWA through the aftermath. Uh, so I, uh, I'm, I'm a, a self-admitted wrestling nerd. So any every wrestling magazine that was on the shelf, I ended up reading. And so not just the pro wrestling illustrators, but the wrestling worlds and the you know all of them. And, but, uh, so, but I, when I think Thanksgiving, I think wrestling, I think, I think, you know, teams of five fight to survive. I'm a survivor series guy. Uh, I most vividly remember, uh, losing my mind in 89, thinking about the Hulkamaniacs versus, versus the macho team with the, I mean, the million dollar team, you got DiBiase and Zeus. I mean, what a, what a fearsome team. Usually it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I just – and then as I grew older, I actually just had this conversation a couple of days ago. Uh, uh, I recently, I mean, within the last five years, found out what, that Black Friday was a thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just always thought – I don't know why. I just – because, again, pro wrestling nerd. When people said Black Friday, I thought they meant Black Saturday. And I was like, well, Vince McMahon's buying the, the Crockett time again? What is happening? And, uh, and, and I, as I sat down, I was, like I said, I just had this conversation yesterday where I just realized what Black Friday, like Black Friday's been around forever. It was just I was busy trying to get bookings because it's a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have time to go shopping for cheap stuff. I was trying to get to the next town so I could put on my spandex and fight. Yeah. Now, and now it's been supplanted by, uh, Amazon anyway, but, and that's a whole nother. So, uh, you got a pretty big match coming up on, uh, Saturday, I'd say. Yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, Peach State wrestling main event match. Uh, me versus Austin Theory, who uh, I can't say enough about that kid. I've uh, I've uh, I've had two matches with him now, two singles matches, and uh, I be I walked away, I walked away from the first one at the uh, uh, in, in Saudi Daisy, 
And I thought, man, this this kid's really onto something if he if he just stays on the on the path he's on. And then we had the uh, we had the the one on one match for the the heritage title at Peach State, and I mean, it, we're talking about a span of six months, and he was he was twice as good then as he was in March, and it just it blew me away. I mean, he's just. I really like Austin Theory. I think he's something special. And then uh, Kevin Blue, who I've, I've been following a lot, you know, for the past couple of years. You know, he's uh, he's built up a ton of momentum, and uh, uh, just his heel antics are, are uh, very fun for me to observe. And then uh, just at the last show, we threw in Tyson Dean, you know, as a wild card. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think I think we have. I think there's potential to have something really special go down this Saturday in Carrollton. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting. You you know, you uh brought Tyson Dean into the mix, but that didn't end very pleasantly between the two of you. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, uh you do you do a guy a favor and he punches you in the mouth. What what are you gonna do? Uh, you know, my my whole thing, uh I really think this is my chance to prove you, you, you kind of touched on it without intentionally doing it earlier. Uh, I'm a former ring of honor world tag team champion and it just, it kind of goes, it gets swept under the rug. Uh, a lot of people forget about it, but uh, I'm kind of good at pro wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, there, I, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been given the ball and just told to run with it. Uh, everything I've got, I've kind of had to fight and claw and scratch for. And even when I've been given a break, it wasn't uh, – there was roadblocks once I was given the break. Even, you know, like uh, I, I, I had the Ring of Honor tag team title, and uh, I did not mesh with my partner. Tony Mamaluke, who I love and I talk to more frequently during football season than any other time of year, but uh, – as a guy, I love Tony Mobile, but in in '05 we just didn't mesh. Uh, some people say, you know, they, they like to use the comparison of oil and water, but this is more like I like to use the comparison of cooking oil and sex oil. Both good when used properly, but you don't want to mix those things up. Uh, <laughs> and that's just kind of what. But 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 the whole point is. Uh, I've never, I've never had the chance. I've never had a promotion get behind me 100% and say, you're the guy, let's go. And uh, I think this Saturday night, I, you know, I put Tyson in the match because I don't, I don't want naysayers. I don't want doubters. I don't want, well, can he do this? Can he win the big one? If, no, just screw it. Let's just throw it all in there. And, uh, you know, like I'm really going in with a chip on my shoulder and a point to prove. Well, and I mean, you have to admit, this title has uh, eluded you for some time now, despite a number of opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's really frustrating because you know uh, the hardest part is when when Peach State first opened their doors in '08. Uh, I was I was I was the Peach State Heritage Champion before it was the main title. Uh, I, uh, I I had it for about 26 seconds, and uh, so I, I, you know, I've, I've tasted it, uh, but I'd like to get, you know, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like, I hate leaving my house and telling my kids, hey, tonight's tonight, Daddy's got a shot at the title, 
and then having to come back and tell them I didn't do it. Uh, my my oldest son's given up on me. I won't say given up on me, but my oldest son, he, he, knows, he knows the score of the game, but my youngest son, I'm still his superhero. And uh, I, I that means a lot to me to be able to be his superhero because he's the coolest kid in the world. Uh, total off-tangent story. I just got to put my kid over real quick. I don't know if you've ever played categories. You roll a dice, it lands on a letter. You have three minutes to fill in topics. Start with the letter. Yeah. Yeah. The letter, the letter, the letter was H, and one of the topics was street names. Time's up, and I go, all right, man, street names. And I go, I've got Houston Avenue. What do you have? And he goes, hose, because they call them hose on the street. <laughs> One in life, six years old, you surpass it every way. Uh, so like, like I'm this kid's hero. So like, uh, I have like I hate it irks me so bad when I come home and tell them that you know daddy didn't get it done again. Uh, I so I've got that weighing on the back of my mind. I want to be able to say Jacob, you know, I did it, dude. Daddy did it. Here's the title. Go go play on the trampoline with it. Uh. So uh, I, 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 I've driven, I've really driven for this match. Uh, I've uh, I've been doing two days at the gym. I've been go, I've been waking up at four fifty-five every morning to hit the gym, which is just not intelligent. Do you know who wakes up at four fifty-five to go to the gym? Dumb people. There's three yeah. of them. I see them every morning, and I'm one of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, you know, I just I'm I'm riding a, a wave of momentum coming into this thing too. Uh Steven Steven kinda of, kinda of mentioned it before he, he vanished into the atmosphere. Uh last last Saturday or two Saturdays ago I guess, uh I, I got to I got to wrestle Sabu and uh I went fifty fifty with Sabu. Like Sabu. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I I I've been able to watch the match back a couple times, and it's just it's still surreal, you know. And like uh, getting texts from guys that I really respect, saying like you know like uh, Seth Rollins texted me. I woke up to a text Sunday morning from Seth Rollins that said you nice. were Sabu's. Yeah, and he said it was you were Sabu is my new favorite thing. And well, you know. Thanks. Like, that's cool, but like, that's you know, I, I'm I'm coming into this match with that momentum. Like, I I just looked one of my like the, one of the guys I looked up to. Like, as a kid, I me and my brother used to argue over who got to be Sabu when we were fake fighting in the backyard, uh, and we'd never even seen him wrestle. We just saw pictures of this scarred up guy upside down in magazines. Uh, so just you know, that's. It was, what, 93, you know, so in 2017 to go toe-to-toe with him and go, I mean, and take him to his limit, you know, have him raise my hand after the match, like, you know, like, wow, this is Sabu. This is a guy who, I mean, he, he, he's the reason I got barely legal in 97. Like, he's, <laughs> you know, so, like, uh, I, you know, I've, I've got momentum coming into this match. I've got motivation coming into this match. Uh, I'm the wily veteran, uh, you know, uh, 
again, I, I really respect Austin Theory. I think the kid's got a great future ahead of him. Uh, I, you know, Kevin Blue is uh, he's a heck of a competitor. Tyson Dean is uh, he, he's as solid as it gets. But uh, I, I really think Saturday's gonna be my night. Uh, hey, uh, Sal, just going back to Sabu for a second. I mean, it's been well documented that he had a lot of serious health problems. How yes. how is he doing? Awesome. That was my concern, you know, uh, when I spoke to him. I, I said, like, hey, uh, he came, he, 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 you know, he walked up to me and said, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, Sabu, no, you tell me what you can do. I got yeah. my hips. You know, like, <laughs> jumping now. I don't know if you can. Uh, but, I mean, he's doing, I mean, he, was, he did so much. I mean, he, he was doing great, he, you know, running ropes and I mean, everything. Right? I mean, it was, it was crazy because going into that match, I kind of just thought it was going to be, I have to dance around this guy that can't walk, much less move. Yeah. And uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was the complete opposite. I mean, Sabu was ready. He was, he was going, man. It was awesome. Uh, it was every, well. It was, I mean, th- that's really cool because it's one thing to have a match with him when he just wasn't able to to go, but to be able to have that match when he could—that's that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, no, it, no, that's the thing is, you know, you you hear that, you know, don't meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. Uh, did not apply in this case. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, I kind of I kind of based all my offense around him not having to take any kind of bumps out of mm-hmm. fear. Uh, didn't have to. I mean, he was. He, I mean, he was. He was attacking the mat like he was. Like I was Rob Van Dam. You know, like I mean, he. Re- I mean, it was really, really cool. Uh, the the match, I believe, is has been posted on my Facebook page. Uh, you know, for every for the listeners out there, if you'd like to, you know, I mean, it's 13 minutes. Uh, if if you get a chance to check it out, uh, please do. I mean, I'm really, really proud of it. Uh, like I said, it's, it's Sabu. Like it's uh, uh, Chad Parham, uh, who I've known for about too long. Uh, he, when, when the match was announced, he texted me. He was like, I'm so jealous. That's the kind of match you make me want to come back to wrestling. And I said, well, let's just, let's just, let's be easy here. You know, this is Sabu in 2017. And, uh, he he texted me the next morning too. He was like, "That was the coolest thing I've ever seen." I was like, "Buddy, that was the coolest thing I've ever done." <laughs> like, well, I'm I mean I'm definitely going to go check that out. But you know, uh, speaking of people that you've known uh, far too long, we're we're going to be joined by one of those people right right now. Oh, yeah. trying to call us. Hey, Is that Tom Sexton? Hello, we're live, pal. Hey, we hadn't, like, texted in a day. I and I hadn't talked to you for, like, a half hour in four days. What's been going on? I'm really bored. <laughs> I'm a distant stranger. Well, hold on a second. I've got to stretch my back out because I've been picking up all these names you've been dropping. Stop with that. Sabu and <laughs> Seth Rollins. You're, you're, you're not 25 anymore. You might need some help. Where's... You better win this match Saturday, because after hearing that promo, I want to go see it. Right? You're invited. I know. Come on. Long drive. I've already been invited to the show, actually, to, to do some stuff. But it was a long. I was like, ah, that drive just sounds nauseous to me. I'm so spoiled on uh, 
it's tough. No, if if it were, I'll, I'll be honest. If it weren't for uh, the beautiful ball besties, I don't know if I'd make the trip either. So <laughs> they need somebody to drive them. Well, I've been trying to get Larry to be our fourth for since Drew Adler left us. I've been trying to get Larry to be our fourth guy in the car. He's going to do it. He's, he's big league to me. I, I well, told you, you I would. Good podcast. I could have some good podcasts. Could be entertaining. Right? A lot of talk about toys, though. Warn you ahead of time. A lot of talk about okay. toys. I'm, I'm, okay. I've been forewarned. If, if it's the motif, we're still doing it. And by the way, Larry, uh, it was 1978 in November was the first um, Omni show um, for Thanksgiving, like three days before my birthday. Thank you. Yeah, I think I might. That's right when I got to Atlanta. So I don't know if I was at that one or not. But yeah, I, I think I was at most of them. In fact, I know Funks I was. Funks and Briscoes was the finals. Yeah, it was Funks and Briscoes was the finals. Which Funks versus Briscoes was the finals. Yes, which is I was pretty iconic to look back. That that was the first tournament final, and it was the Funks versus the Briscoes. That's nuts. I didn't know Mark and Jay were that old. I know. I mean, Mark and Jay have aged. Well, actually, they both look fifty, but <laughs> yeah. you know. but they look fifty for forty years now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have looked fifty for forty years. No, that's nuts. You were there for that, Larry? Yep, yep. When he said that uh, is awesome, Larry. Uh, yeah, and and that whole that whole tournament bracket. Um, I ran across that the other night when when we were getting ready to do this show. Uh, uh, the Samoans were in that wrestling too, and Mass Superstar were one of the teams in there. Um, I think it was Slater and Dusty was one of the teams. I and mean, wasn't it crazy? What isn't it? Tommy Rich and Rick Martell. That's right, Tommy Rich and Rick Martell. I mean, the, every. Well, I want to give I mean, that team a, a blowjob. My God, <laughs> you want to talk about two sexy motherfuckers? Tommy Rich back in '78. Rick Martell, yeah, yeah. even though he's hairy. He's not even a model yet, and he's still gorgeous. Yeah. Oh no, he was a model way before he was the model. Let's let's yeah. not. You can't be half a strike force and not look delicious. Let's not get in here. I know Sal doesn't know this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blow his mind with one of the teams. I think it was the '79 or the '80 tournament. Magnum TA and Randy Savage. Good. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. What about that? That's just all man. I mean, yeah. it's the manliest duo that they have ever lived. Oh, that man. That is facial hair, long hair. That's men right there. So. I remember um, when when Savage came into the Omni, I didn't know who the hell this guy was because we didn't get him on Atlanta TV. And I thought, man, yeah. is this guy intense. What is with this guy? Um, Yeah, yeah, man, those were the days. <laughs> yeah, I tell you. Jeez. And ironically, uh, the only Thanksgiving Omni show I went to was canceled. I was on my way to the building in 94, and they had a big, the big sign off of a – right when we uh, got on 85 um, from the 400 connector, there's a big sign. Uh, tonight's WCW show has been canceled. That was in 94. They didn't even announce a card for it because ticket sales were so bad. Because uh, yeah, that, that was, was that, the Hogan. That was the low point. That was yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was the low point. That was oh. I was like I'm just like I'm finally get to go to a Thanksgiving show at the Omni, and I didn't know the card because they didn't announce the card because you know Lord knows the card was probably Dustin Rhodes versus Bunkhouse Buck in the main event or something. And, oh, um, that's, anyways. 
<laughs> yeah. But, so, like, uh, you know, Flair was retired. You know, Hogan just right. beat him in the retirement. Hogan wasn't working it. You know, so it was probably Sting versus uh, Avalanche or something like that. Um, you would have uh, probably got a, a little Vader Jim Duggan action, though. That would have been that would have been nice. Yeah, I guess some Vader, Jim Duggan, or maybe Vader and Dustin Rhodes because they were working house shows at the time. So yeah, or maybe hey, the main reason I was going because the butcher was going to be there. Okay, I'm just laying <laughs> my cards on the table. Fair is fair, and I'm not talking about Abby. Speaking of butcher, Todd, did you see this is a this is a full circle moment? Did you see that they released a shark figure or there's a shark prototype? <laughs> I have not. Yeah, they they just showed uh, the last wrestling figure thing. They uh, they're making they're releasing a shark, so that means the Zodiac is on its way. A Zodiac's on its way. You need a you need a gift set of all the beefcake figures. I'm still <laughs> waiting for Hill Brutus beefcake. And you can do a barber, Zodiac, butcher, booty man. I mean, it's money. Money prints itself. Like I told you, Larry, a lot of talk about wrestling toys. I warned you. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Hey, uh, could we get Todd positive uh, uh, memories from you about Thanksgiving since that Omni one obviously was not one of them? Yeah, I mean, well, like Sal, I mean, the age we're at, Survivor Series was more the thing, so it was getting back home at my grandmother's house to watch Survivor Series. Um, Yeah. I I did research on the traditions and stuff. Um, You know, I rented Skywalkers, you know, and uh, which is probably one of the – Probably looking back, it's probably one of the biggest Thanksgiving events was just because of the scaffold and stuff. Right. And um. Right. Yeah. And um. So even though I I did not see the show live, it was a tape I went and rented all the time. So I always were. That's probably my first uh, Crockett tape I rented from uh, Turtles. And um, right. Yeah, you like that? And um. So. But then a lot of that was, you know, Survivor Series, which was one of my favorite shows because the whole team concept I always enjoyed. And, yeah, um, I, always, I always dug that they – it was – sometimes it was wacky mismatch teams. Uh, that's one thing that I always loved about the Survivor Series concept as a kid was, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't just – it was four on four, so sometimes, like, uh, you know, they would split up the Rockers, or they'd split up the Heart Foundation. Uh, for yeah, no other reason. Hard. Yeah. But then you had that sweet Warriors team with the Ultimate Warrior, Kerry Von Erich, and the Road Warriors, which, in my opinion, yeah. is still the best. Granted, not the best work rate, but just looking at them and just knowing that they're all Warriors growing up and oh, they yeah. finally all got together was pretty iconic. Even though, you know, the match wasn't... I still enjoyed the match, but for nostalgia reasons more than anything else, and Mr. Perfect bumping, but... You know, it was Thanksgiving. It was always exciting to see he was on the teams, but you know the um, you know you know the Thanksgiving tradition didn't exist outside of the South until Survivor Series. When that was mm-hmm. the only reason to do that was just to piss off uh, Crockett. Yeah, grew right. Arcade, but the Northern towns didn't run in uh, Thanksgiving. It was you know Mid Atlantic, Georgia, and um, World Class did some Thanksgiving shows, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I know they did they Christmas did. for Star Wars. And so, yeah, so everything was, um, it was all South. You know, I think uh, UWF, well, it wasn't UWF at the time, it's South, did some Thanksgiving shots. Um, but it's funny how it was always a Southern thing. It never was uh, up North in the other territories. Yeah, no, that's the thing. That's, you know, 
I didn't even know. Like I said, you know, when I was younger, you know, I only read about the NWA and Flair and all that stuff. And it wasn't it wasn't until I got a little older in chesses that I even knew what you know what what NWA at the time was. You know, and I think the first tape I rented was the first Crockett Cup, if I recall. Oh yeah, and uh, just being blown away, like, especially at that time because there were faces I had recognized from Vince's TV on these Crockett cut tapes. Like, oh, that's where this guy came from, or that's where that guy yeah. was. But, yeah, uh, I remember uh, distinctly the 90 – well, I think it was actually Thanksgiving Eve was the 94 Survivor Series. Yeah, because they moved it. That was about the time. I think 90, 90 or 91 was the last actual Thanksgiving night for Survivor yeah. Series, and they moved it out of there. Yeah, because I, rem- so. I remember – I'm pretty sure it was the 94. It was, it was Thanksgiving Eve because I remember that was a, that was a hot uh, – uh, the, the backland Bret Hart finish. Yeah. Uh, have, having to explain it to my little brother why, <laughs> like what, what he just saw and why Bob Backlund was the heavyweight champion and, what, you know, <laughs> how, like, how this heinous act that Owen Hart just portrayed. <laughs> it was, yeah. I just, that's one of my, you know – and even waking waking up the next morning on Thanksgiving, uh, I remember, you know, I was I was you know doing whatever, and my brother stopped me in the midst of what we were doing and goes, "Bob Backlund's the champ." Yeah, and he was crying. I was just like, "That's awesome." Yep, that's that's heat. Yeah, right there. I, I mean, I see. I I always held a grudge against the WWFR ever since they took the six oh five time slot. Uh, I mean, in back in the, back then, because the, 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 when they came and in, 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 in took the time slot and then ran, began running the Omni, the wrestling was so weak compared to what we were used to seeing from the NWA. And see, just, I like the, I like the, yeah. And see, this is conversations I, I like to have with you, Larry, because you were, you know, I got the old observers from that time period, um, and it, you know, interesting to me to read and see, you know, the, you know, people who were groomed on the other product. This this tough as nails realistic product yeah. with this high work rate, and then you getting these guys that are just sort of, you know, pludging through and stuff. These That's New right. York styles, That's it was right. called. Yeah, and and the, the crowds immediately went down. And well, you know the you know what happened. And and and, and poor Ole and his crew were banished to the uh, dirt floors down there in Henderson Arena in Fairburn and other places to run because they, they couldn't get into it for at least in the beginning, they couldn't get back into the army. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of never really paid that much attention to the survivor. <laughs> because, because well, especially of it, the but, first uh, one, because the first one was such an F you to Crockett. I mean, they yeah. go out of their way to create another oh, pay-per-view. 100%. To, you know, I mean, that, that, that's no wonder why you're like, screw these guys. Although the first match, the team of Macho Man, Brutus the Barber, Jake the Snake, Hacksaw, Ricky the Dragon, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'm just saying right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty hard to beat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but let's 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 come up to the present because you got some pretty big stuff happening on Thanksgiving night out there in Monroe. Yeah, I mean we got the you know I don't know when the last time there's been wrestling in Georgia on Thanksgiving, so or any or most places for that matter. So it's a uh, hopefully it's going to be a pretty big deal. It feels like it's going to be a big deal, so I hope uh, the fans see it as such and come out and see it. And uh, what uh, what brought it to you know? So it's one thing to do a Thanksgiving show, and then it's another thing to do war games on Thanksgiving. 
Um, well, okay, so here's the story. Yeah. Uh, me and uh, Rick Michaels had uh, what we call shop talk, where we'll get together sometimes and we'll just go through what's going on in the industry, uh, compare notes and stuff, what each other are doing and stuff. And we, you know, joked about, um, you, know, we, you know, we should do a Thanksgiving card and you guys should do a Christmas card. You know, back to way, you know, because it used to be the biggest drawing time of the year. You know, but that's a whole other generation ago. You know, whether people remember that is a whole other right. story, you know. I mean, you got to think it's, you know, people who are wrestling fans now coming to shows weren't even alive when that was the thing. No. So, oh. <laughs> and then and then fast forward to Phoenix City, Charles goes up there. Um, he's up there. He's drinking with Rick. And then there's a post on uh on Facebook that we're running Thanksgiving night. So I send a text to Rick saying, when I'm not around, it's your turn to watch Charles and keep him off Facebook. <laughs> um, they've been drinking. Um, so um, I talked to Charles and Charles goes, well, Rick said you talked about it. I was, we were just joking around. So I think we got Thanksgiving. I put together the biggest – I want to put together the biggest main event I can think of and what I had on the table and stuff. And this turn, you know, this was the biggest main event I could present, I would think, to uh, draw. So, And it also worked out that all the pieces fell into place for this match because it was already you – know, when was uh, – Sal, when was Scenic City? You just mentioned it earlier with Austin. You wrestled uh, well, Austin. Okay. Was Scenic Mars, City Invitational? Yeah, the tournament. August. Oh, I didn't tournament. I did the No, yeah, you got hurt at the yeah, the Battle Royal. That's when you tore your bicep. Yeah, yeah. No, the tournament. Oh, uh, the invitational. What was that? Or Larry knows he was there. When was that, Larry? August. August. So it was in August. Cuz we already, you know, I was planning on uh me and Drew to be one and done. And then the thing with Rick and Brian Kane got over so good that we okay, we need to do a tag team match and then well, Techie's part of the group, too, and he's doing the thing with Jeter, so it was all headed in this direction, So, and it all just all the pieces fell into place for this main event. Is this going to be a two-ring or a one-ring? One-ring. Okay. You know, I wish we could do two rings, but financially feasible. That's renting another ring and finding a cage big enough to, you know, go around and stuff. Right. Especially right. the cage we have and stuff. That's unfortunately not the case, but it will be – there won't be no shark cages holding people in. Uh, you know, it'll be, you know, it'll be the war games you remember, except it's in one ring, you know, teams out at ringside, you know, coin flip and and all that. So nice. it'll be the war games you remember just being, it'll just be in one ring, but it'll be the war games okay. you remember and love the, as a kid. The traditional concept war games, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that to me, that's the war games concept. I've, I've been in one. I've, you know, been booked plenty. And I prefer the, you know, but I've never done one where I have all the guys out there, you know, at rings, you know, it was all, it's, it's become such a thing where you bring the guys out now so they can have their entrance pop and everything. But, you know, that whole vibe of having the guys all there together and, you know, it looks like they're going through game plans and shirt on each other and stuff. There's a certain like guttural, you know, feel to that. Yeah, that I think yeah. is well, what, you know, it hasn't been goes, there for a while. No, and that goes back to the original too. That's the way the original was done yeah. with everybody out of ringside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like to get back to that kind of vibe and stuff, and and I think that'll uh, you know 
it just feels like a better, you know, more realistic vibe when everybody's out there selling what's going on with your partner in the match and stuff. Well, and, and you know, top to bottom, it's a pretty stacked card you got all the way all the way through for Thanksgiving night. You know, if the War Games wasn't enough, that's that's, yeah, that's a really hard. strong card. Yeah. yeah, you got the Approved, who've been champions for a year now, and um, you know, against uh, a super team and Strict Nine and Jacob Ashworth. You know, a top tier match between um, um, Drew Adler and who you guys just got finished talking about, who Sal's got a face on uh, Saturday. Um, Tyson Dean, excuse me. And then we got the family feud match, which it might be one of the first times there's been a husband and wife versus a husband and wife in the mixed right. tag match. So, um, so that might be a first. And then you got Anthony Henry versus Odinson for the heavyweight title. That should be which real is good. good. Yeah, should be fantastic. And of course, I got other kinds of stuff up my sleeve and stuff. So, hey, you know. While I got both you guys on here, and you guys get around a lot and see a lot of talent, any thoughts on nominees for any of the various uh, wrestling awards this year? Well, do you have uh, do you have the nominees? Have y'all figured out the nominees yet? No, no, we're 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 just now soliciting nominees. Okay. So we don't we do not okay. have the nominees. I'm thinking talk about potential nominees, you know, people who should be nominated. Uh, to my opinion, tag team of the year is a no-brainer. It's Adrian Hawkins and Bobby Moore. I, I think that goes without – I mean, you can go with the storyline. They've champ, been champions in two promotions at the same time, but also they're, they've hit home runs um, nine times out of ten when they're in the ring. And the only other time is when Sal's in the ring with them when the, the yeah, home runs don't come in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I say, you know, tag team of the year, I go with Bobby and Adrian without a doubt, and I, I predicted that they would be up for nominations if not winning it when I put them together a year ago. For some reason, it just seemed to click in my head, and they've done that in the ring. Well, yeah, I mean, first, you know, i gotta, I got to throw the, the, the beautiful bold besties into the mix for tag team of the year. Uh, yeah, because you'll get angry texts from Marv if you don't. Well, <laughs> plus they're just good. I mean, they, they, mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they really are. They, yep. they really yeah. are. Well, uh, Oh, getting to see them as baby faces, which is uh, not a strength of either one of them, if you ask them. Uh, but uh, I think they've they've slowly but surely gotten to get uh, they've been able to get crowds behind them uh, as baby faces. Yeah. And, uh, you know they they know their stuff. They know they know what they're they're good at. They know the, what they're not good at. Uh, and they've won it twice in a row. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think they so, get to be yeah. nominated by Forza. Speaking of twice in a row, you've been uh, performer of the year twice in a row. If you're not going to win it this year, who, who, if just for some reason you don't win it, who would you think would be a good choice? Uh, see, there's there's a lot. There's so much talent out there now. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, and just performer of the year is just so different than wrestler of the year. There's a lot of. Uh, I'll say, I, I'll say, if it's not Sal, it's Drew Blood. From the angles he's done, yeah, the promos, the, yeah, he's come at, he's, you know, I don't know if it's because he's had the opportunity to express himself more and to be the performer he wants to be, but he has obviously, you know, gone to a different level this year as far as what he does out in front of a crowd. Uh, definitely. I would, uh, I'd also like to put Otis's name just in the mix for it, just because, uh, 
I think I, I think this year more than any I've seen uh, just the, on the talking side of things. I think he's come a long way. Yes, he very much has. You know, he, he for uh, living the uh, living the gimmick, living the character. You know, you believe that's a barbarian coming out through that curtain when he comes out there and stuff. We we were talking last week about the most improved category and how there were so many oh, God, yes. choices I, in that. Do you want guys want to throw in any ideas you have about most improved? There's. Oh my gosh, it is such a. I mean, you got all the rookie. The I don't know if you've ever. I mean, I'm not to backtrack, but if the rookie of the years that would be nominated this year, I don't think there's been a better crop. And those guys have all improved so much, like Austin Theory, Andrew Duckworth, Ike Cross, Alan Angels. All those guys that are rookies of the year, you could put in there for most improved as well, from when they started. Right. And then you got guys like um, Tetsu Mikuchi, who I've. Uh, seen improve since I've been down in Southern Fry. Brian Kane, who as a heel character has totally blossomed. You know, I mean, it's just, there's so many guys, it's hard to pinpoint most improved. That's the category I'm going to have a tough time, you know. Yeah. I'd also like to mention Adrian Armour. Uh, I think I think he's awesome. I'm a big fan of Adrian Armour's work. Yeah, he's Yeah, great. I just... Yeah, I just got to see him uh, at AWE with Sugar Dunkerton, and no doubt he's he's had one good match after another for AWE. Yeah. No, no, no question yeah. about it. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Makuji, uh, Todd, because I, you know, I didn't re- I didn't know him until I started going to Southern Fried, and the, he's one of those guys. The more I see of him, the more I like. Um, yeah, he's got he, an opportunity to express himself in the ring physically and have you know matches and and with guys that can compliment him and you know it just he he bloomed like a rose this year you know so uh never have i put tetchy and rose in the same sentence together that was that was nice (laughs) well you didn't hear about the night between tetchy makuchi and crystal rose (laughs) oh god And how about um, how about best female? Kelly Wiley, Kelly Sexton. There you go. <laughs> Just covering my bases. <laughs> Good safe choice. <laughs> performer, not wrestler. Perform. Yes. Right. It is performer, and it is performer. It's performer. It's the category <laughs> is best female performer. <laughs> Holidays are coming up. Got a my birthday's coming up too. So. Yeah, that was harassment. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the smartest thing I've ever heard you say, Todd. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Learn from me, kid. (laughs) I'll tell you, uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn uh, Creed has come a long way this year. Yeah, she has. She has her, her and Stormy Lee too has come a long way as a performer. Uh, Brooklyn Creed, I remember helping her and Logan train at the Anarchy Arena when Logan first came to Anarchy, and where she didn't know anything, and she's come a very long way. So, yeah, she she really has. I agree with that. Yeah, good performer. Good, good, very good performer. And um, how about overall wrestler of the year? Mm. I've thought about this since you sent me the thing that you wanted to talk about this, and I can't. I can't pinpoint one guy. I mean, uh, you know, Odinson, you know, has has 
become what he's become. Austin Theory's become what he's become. Some guy, you know, I work with Austin on Friday nights and stuff. Um, I'd, I'd like to know Styles awesome. Uh, Do what? I think I think Kevin Blue. I think has been Kevin Blue would be a good one. Yeah, spectacular all year. Uh, I mean, yeah, Sal Bernardo. Yeah, I guess he's okay. Yeah, Sal's done all right. If you're into that great yeah. and everything. Yeah, tag team. <laughs> so it's hard to. It's hard to pinpoint a wrestler of the year. It really is, you know, because everybody's so good, but nobody. I mean, I guess uh, a lot of people will go to Gunnar Miller because he's been a dominant in Anarchy, but then yeah. also Jacob Asworth. Do what? Uh, I mean, Chip Chip Bay's had another spectacular year too. I, you Chip took the words right yeah. out of my mouth. I mean, he won it last year, but he's followed it up with another great year this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, yep. we shall see. We shall see. Hey, guys, we're about out of time. Any closing uh, thoughts before we uh, wrap up this edition of The Tipping Point? Buy tickets to Thanksgiving Southern Fried Show, War Games, and then go to Peach State uh, two days later. Take a day off Friday or go to the NCW show, and then go uh, go to Peach State. There you go, Sal. I pimped your show out, too. Yeah, thanks, thanks Todd. Yeah, go, go see War Games, and... Uh, Enjoy Thursday uh, before before you go to the before you go to Southern Fried. Stay at home. Relive the Doinks versus the Royal Family. A little Doink Ding Pink and Wink action, <laughs> and then uh, come out come out Saturday. Watch me uh, watch me win the Peach State Heritage title. I think that's the Todd's gonna win War Games. I'm gonna win the Heritage title. It's Seriously, who would have thought? Here we are. Okay, here we are 16 years after we first met, we lived together, and both of us have gotten out of the business, me multiple times, <laughs> and here we are Thanksgiving weekend, and we're both in main events of two of the biggest shows of the year. Yeah, so it's funny how that works. Isn't it? <laughs> you can't buy talent. <laughs> you would try to stay away, but you can't. No, it sucks you right back. Well, I, I plan to take you all's advice. And be at Thanksgiving turmoil on, or be at uh, Southern Fried for War Games on Thursday and Thanksgiving turmoil on Saturday, and enjoy some turkey dinner on uh, Thanksgiving Day. And um, thank you, Todd. Thank you, Sal, for joining us. And we'll be back thank you, in thank you, Larry, two weeks. Sure, we'll be back in two weeks on the Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.